The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys. <gasps> oh, my God! Oh, my God! Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Tack. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Jimmy Klein. Hello. Hi, Jimmy. I just want to do something different for a change. It's fine. (laughs) And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch. As we break down the bunch one episode at a time, we take the episode, Jimmy, as you know. Oh, I know. We break it down. Yes. We we think it's in love with us. We assume Mm -hmm. we have a date with it. Why then we it? assume it will marry us, only yeah. to find out the episode is seeing a full-length feature behind our backs. Oh, shit. So we break it off, all for you, the listener. Aww. Yeah. On today's episode, we take a look at Season 4, Episode 13, entitled Love and the Older Man. Ooh la la. <laughs> if you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBSL Access, Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. and kind of Amazon Prime. Yeah. I feel so good saying that. I was just going to say that. It it's like the coffee for our podcast. You know what I mean? It <laughs> sets us off on the right foot. It was awkward to have to force it in there somehow. It I, is, I yeah. Like that, Wait, what do you mean? We just had conversations. <laughs> what do you mean forcing? <laughs> All right. So in this episode, we take a look at Marsha. She's got a little bit of a crush on an older gentleman, if you will. Yes, did, she does. Did you ever have uh, crushes on adults when you were like a teenager? Um, not older gentlemen, no. Oh. Um, but... Um, I mean, I think every kid has kind of like a crush on their teacher, but I don't know if that counts. Well, it depends on the teacher. <laughs> Why is that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the way things are nowadays? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, I know you had a, a crush on a teacher that I'm not going to mention her name because you never know. She might listen to the show. Talk about Miss um, Brock? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there was Ryan, a few. Rhymes with... Never mind. Um, <laughs> But I can't. I can't really think of a teacher I had a crush on. To be honest with you, well, I had a crush on a few different teachers back in middle school. Miss Hudson, Miss Hud. God, yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, she looked like she belonged like in a poison video or something. She did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I wonder if she's still there. She probably is. I don't know. She was really nice. But Miss Brock, like I remember, because she was young, she was like just out of college, like twenty two or twenty three years old or something like that. Yeah. And she wore like these short mini skirts and like she used to. She used to wear what we used to call airplane skirts. <laughs> How, why would you call them that? Because when you bend over, she you could see her cockpit. Ah, <laughs> 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 Why have I never heard that before? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so. I have a fun story to tell okay. about this, about Miss Brock. So I don't, know, I don't know how many years ago this was. Probably like three or four. No, it was longer than that. Probably was like it? five okay. or six years ago. Oh, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. I was just kind of scrolling through Facebook <laughs> and I happened <laughs> upon Miss Brock's profile. Right on. 
chances are it's probably looking more. <laughs> but still, anyway. still looking, still looking like a twenty-two-year-old, right? No, not so much. Mm-hmm. She was still attractive for sure, but you could tell she was older. Well, wait a minute, and just so- just so the audience gets the full picture. Yeah, was she attractive for her age, or was she attractive? Uh, both, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how you word that. You know. Well, I mean, because like Dolly Parton's attractive for her age. Okay. But I wouldn't say she's attractive. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So it's, it's really was both. So. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I was like, I'm going to send her a firm request. Why not? You know? Boom. So I, I sent her a firm request and then she accepts it like a day or so later. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Okay. And you know, my name is not normal. It's, you know. Unusual, so it's. I figured she would see my name and go, "Oh my god, I remember like a kid with that name." You know, whatever. Yeah. Actually, figured, on, on a side note, just real, real fast. If you yeah. follow Conan O'Brien, his assistant's name is Sona Momsesian. Her husband's name is Tack. No, not Kenny. It's spelled T A C K. He spells it the wrong way. He spells it the really? wussy way. But yeah, yeah, he's uh, from Armenia, and apparently, it's a, a relatively common name in Armenia. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, her husband. If you look it up, her husband's name is Tack. Yep. And the first time she said it on the podcast, on like Conan O'Brien needs a friend, I'm like, whoa, what the hell? What did she just say? So I rewound it. I'm like, it sounds like she's saying Tack. <laughs> and so I looked it up and I'll be damned. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. You just blew my mind. There you go. Kind of takes uh, all the the wind out of my story, but. That's <laughs> no, okay. Go, go ahead with your little story. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, so I sent her a firm request and then she accepts it and then like, I give it a couple days and finally I decided to messenger. I'm like, Hey, and she goes, Hey, <laughs> I was like, okay, well maybe she remembers me or whatever. I said, I said, Hey, she goes, Hey, I was like, hope you don't mind me from requesting you. And she goes, no, I'm glad you did. You know, like oh, winky shit. face. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Okay. And then I was like, do you remember me? And she was like, no. And then went through that whole thing. And I said, I was one of your students. And she goes, Oh my God. Are you <laughs> kidding me? And then she's like, so you're telling me I'm dating men younger than my students? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know, but hi, <laughs> you know. And so um, we're like chit-chatting and stuff and talking about, we're because like, I guess she had recently got divorced. And so we were talking about that. And mm-hmm. I talked about my failed relationships and we just kind of started getting into it. And she said she was getting ready to go on. A vacation to have a procedure done. I'm not going to go into details in her private HIPAA. Is she a guy life. now? What? Is she a guy now? Um, I can't confirm. No. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Okay. But anyway, and um, so we talked for a few days or whatever, and then um, I was like, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna hook up with Miss Brock finally. For I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna have such cool stories at the next reunion. <laughs> Yeah, right. You know, and then um, I don't know where she just like ghosted me and then unfriended me eventually. And then I was like, well, all right. She unfriended <laughs> so, you? I guess. I mean, I didn't. I only unfriended like two people in my entire Facebook Damn. career. So that's cold. I guess she taught you a lesson. <laughs> I don't think it was like anything like I'm annoying her. So she wanted me to get rid of me. I think it was more of like. She probably started dating some guy and probably cleaned out her friends list kind of a thing. So right. it wasn't like we were talking one day and the next day she was gone. You know, like I hadn't talked to her probably in weeks and weeks. So, right. but yeah. Hmm. But anywho. Um, so, yeah. So <laughs> there's that story. <laughs> <laughs> 
Interesting. So you didn't hook up with the teacher. I didn't, but yet, 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 there's still yet. time. That's true. <laughs> but no, I can't think of it. I mean, I guess when I was in kindergarten or no first, first grade, rather, I kind of had yeah. a crush on my teacher, but it was really because my brothers had a crush on my teacher and <laughs> I kind of felt like I had to, I guess. It's kind of funny. Like, I know you, well, maybe you can relate a little bit, but. Looking at my kids growing up and seeing their teachers, obviously right. they look younger than I remember right. teachers looking. And I've seen a couple of my kids' teachers that were like, oh my God. I've seen a couple of teachers that look like they would be my child's friends. <laughs> the engineers at work are like, they see a couple of engineers at work, you're like, you can't be an engineer. There's no way. I know. Like, I, I, you look like your parents dropped you off here. <laughs> right. I'm a, I'm a horrible judge of age. So. Yeah, my son's teacher from like I don't know, seventh grade, I think. Right. God, one of his teachers, oh my gosh, she looked like a supermodel. <laughs> and imagine away. how traumatic it would be for our kids if one of us dated their teacher. Well, I mean, my kids are homeschooled, <laughs> so I, I guess I'm screwing their teacher every day, but you know what I mean? But anyways, um, <laughs> um, but imagine like how traumatic it would be for your kid if like – if you dated their teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like guess. imagine her hanging out to your house and her being like, don't forget, Ren, you got, you got, you know, homework to do. Like <laughs> That'd be horrible. <laughs> It'd be really cool, dad. If you weren't fucking my teacher. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be grading you on it and shit. <laughs> hey, remember, I used to be married to a teacher. Oh, <laughs> well, that's right. Did she ever give you like an issue with like a report card or no? No, but uh, she did teach uh, health and sex education, though. Oh, okay. I didn't learn anything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Actually, I learned a lot from that marriage, so. You learned a lot from that marriage? I learned a lot, but. Cool, okay. You know, the hard way, so. Hmm. But anywho, all right. I think it's good enough. We think we did okay. I think I so. I give ourselves like a solid B plus for that. There you go. Got All to hear right. your little Miss Cox story. I mean, Miss Brock story. <laughs> yeah. You should friend request her again. You should friend request her again and be like, "What happened? Why did? You, why are we not Where friends did you anymore?" Go. She'll pull the old. I don't. I don't know what happened. I could, I, don't, I don't know. It must have been a glitch. Yeah, okay. Or no, she'll go. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot to not. Unfriend me? Okay. Oh, you forgot. Oh, like how I forgot your homework. Oh, funny. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't feel good coming from this side, does it? Be like, yeah. Well, you're just an old teacher. Hmm. <laughs> huh. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we're really going to get into this. And uh, this one's uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be back. Okay. comic book fan we've got a few questions for you were you obsessed with x-men as a kid did you stand in line to get a copy of the death of superman in the black poly bag did you buy every image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves then have we got the show for you 
Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation in our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more. You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. And remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. back yes all right so we got the brady bunch season four episode 13 entitled love and the older man oh shit let's get into it facts about the episode it first aired on january 5th 1973 we're in 73 now written by martin ragaway directed by george tyne i don't know Hmm. according to imdb Though it may appear shocking now, Dennis didn't always wear masks or even gloves back then. <laughs> In the early 1970s, when this aired, it was normal for Dennis to treat patients barehanded and with neither a mask nor a face shield. However, unlike Dr. Vogel, they didn't typically go back and forth from patient's mouth to touching various furniture and fixtures <laughs> without rewashing their hands. Okay. Well, fun fact. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready? Yes. All right. So we fade in. Scene one. We open up our story with Marcia coming home and riding her bike around the driveway in the backyard. (laughs) She has a huge smile on her face. She gets off her bike, spins around as if to dance and smiles some more. She then enters into the house. That's exactly how I leave the bathroom when I get done taking a dump. (laughs) Oh my god, gross. Exactly the way she was. All right, scene (laughs) scene two. In the kitchen, Alice is checking on dinner in the oven while Carol, quote unquote, helps to cut tomatoes. (laughs) A new skill. This is a new skill for (laughs) her. It is. Alice says, oh boy, that meatloaf does smell good. (laughs) Carol adds, yeah, it'll be just perfect for Marcia after a visit to the dentist. Alice says, last time I went to the dentist, all I could chew was ice cream. Carol just laughs. (laughs) And then Mike comes in and goes, everybody knows meatloaf doesn't smell like meatloaf when it's in the oven. (laughs) No, Robert Reed did that. Not Mike. Excuse me. Robert Reed. Yeah. (laughs) Just then, Marsha walks into the kitchen, still with a large smile on her face and her head in the clouds. Hmm. She stops and leans against the wall, takes a deep breath, and then lets it out. She sways around the corner and opens the fridge. Carol and Alice notice this and Carol asks Marsha, are you all right? Marsha says, mm-hmm. <laughs> Carol asks, are you in pain? Marsha looks at her mother as if she's drunk and asks, pain? 
and then continues to smile and pours milk into a glass. Carol looks at Alice in suspicion and asks, you did go to the dentist today, didn't you? Marcia says, mm-hmm. <laughs> Alice says, I don't know what he gave her, but I'd like some. Oh, man. Well, I know what he gave her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's fucked up. All right. <clears throat> Carol continues oh, to... There'll be more of those later. <laughs> <laughs> Carol continues to be persistent and asks, honey, what did Dr. Gordon say about your teeth? Marsha asks, Dr. Gordon? Oh, he's on vacation in Europe. I saw Dr. Vogel. Oh, she looks off into the void and says, Dr. Stanley Vogel. Oh, you should see him. He is far out. Mm. Carol looks at Alice as if she doesn't understand and says, Dr. Vogel must be Dr. Gordon's new associate. Marcia says, mm-hmm. <laughs> he has dark, gorgeous hair, dreamy eyes, groovy bell-bottom pants, neat shoes, and he plays the best rock and roll music in his office. <laughs> Alice says, what does he use on your teeth? A guitar pick? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Carol giggles Alice. at Alice's joke and asks, well, what did Dr. Vogel say about your teeth? Marcia says, my teeth? Oh, he liked them. <laughs> Alice and Carol laugh. Marcia goes on. Oh, the best part? Thursday. I get to go back for my filling. Marcia does a deep sigh and walks off with her head still in the clouds. And how could she not with groovy bell-bottom pants? <laughs> Carol says, boy, that Dr. Vogel sounds like the greatest thing that's happened to the industry since Novocaine. <laughs> they both laugh and then make fun of Marcia. <laughs> Okay, that was that was way too many sex sounds for like a girl that young. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. this isn't so far back that people don't know what sex sounds sound like. like this is the seventies; <laughs> they're pretty keen on that. Um, <laughs> I think they invented sex sounds in the seventies. I think did. so too. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So that was just way too. Many. I don't know if they realized it or if that was their their intention, but yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but what what I thought was interesting about it is. Like, if you put yourself at her age into a scene like that, like, I would have been self-conscious as hell. I don't know about you, but, like, she she sold it pretty good. So, I got to give her her kudos. You, oh, you know like, I mean? oh, Marie McCormick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she sold oh. it pretty good because it was, I mean, she didn't seem self-conscious at all. Hmm. She, like, hmm. dove in with both feet. Yeah. She don't count. <laughs> she don't count. All right. Scene three. Up in the girls' room, Marsha is holding a handheld mirror and is smiling into it. Cindy, while watching her, asks, what are you staring at? Marsha says, my teeth. Cindy pushes the mirror away and says, you've seen them before lots of times. Remember? <laughs> Marsha says, I know, but they're different now. Jan, while sitting over on her bed reading a magazine, says, hey, listen to this. Marcia and Cindy sit down on the bed next to her as Jan reads. Are you an old maid at 19? <laughs> Marcia rolls her eyes and says, you and those teen time romance magazines. Okay. First of all, I want to pause there. What kind of magazine is this teen time oh, romance? What I was laughing about is like, 
Okay, Cindy speaks up. She's like, because Cindy's curious about everything. Oh, what are you looking at? But this is normal shit to Jan. Like, she just goes on reading because oh, it's, it's Marsha staring at herself. Oh, this time it's her teeth. Whatever. You know, that's what I thought was funny about the scene. <laughs> Jan says, Marsha, if I didn't read this magazine, I wouldn't understand life's problems. <laughs> Cindy says, I wish I was old enough to have problems. <laughs> Jan continues to read. One way to achieve a successful marriage is for a girl to marry a man. Cindy well, interrupts yeah. and says, well, big deal. Even I know that. <laughs> Jan says, it's continued, dum-dum. She turns the page and continues to read to marry a man that is 10 to 12 years older than she is. Mm, Marcia okay. says, hey, that's interesting. What else does it say? Jan goes on. Well, it says that an older man will be more stable, tender, and understanding. <laughs> Marcia says, yeah, that makes sense. Cindy says, maybe that's why I like Joey Vinton. He's an older man. He's 12. <laughs> Marcia says, Cindy, they're not talking about children. They're talking about men. <laughs> Jan says, they leave out the most important thing. Where do you find older men? Marcia smiles and says, well, I guess if you're lucky enough, you could find one anywhere. Marcia then stands up with her head back in the clouds and says, maybe even a dentist office. <laughs> Cindy asks, you mean that new dentist, Dr. Vogel? Jan asks, how old is he? Marcia says, I don't know, 27 or 28. Cindy says, gee, that's old. Jan says, hey, according to this article, he'd be perfect for you. Marcia's smile turns into a frown as she says, there's only one problem. To him, I'm just a mouthful of teeth. As she looks into the mirror again. I put down, no, to him, you're a child. <laughs> right. Not just a mouthful of teeth. You're a child. Um, <laughs> you're a child with a mouthful of teeth. <laughs> 10 to 12 years older, though? Like. Like me and like me, I'm older than my wife and I'm always self-conscious when we bring it up because people are like, huh? and I always give you weird looks, but I'm only nine years older than my wife. Yeah. So 10 to 12, like, I mean, if this was a Brady Bunch, like I wouldn't even be on par with what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's funny. Cindy's line saying, I, I wish I was old enough to have prop that. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also how old is the character Marsha? She's. I mean, because she's not driving it, I guess, right? No, she. I think she's probably 15. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Scene four. Just then, Mike walks through the front door looking fly as fuck. Oh, shit. What was he wearing? White pants, white shoes, black sport coat. Oh. Along with a button-up shirt, but not buttoned all the way up, of course. What's <laughs> that? With the biggest, flyest butterfly collar this side of the Mississippi. Oh, shit. He says, hi, honey. Carol greets him and he says, say, something smells good. So Carol says, okay, something smells good. <laughs> get it? <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But no, she actually says, yeah, that's my new perfume. Mike says, that's funny. So it smells like meatloaf. <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs> <laughs> funny because i can't eat meatloaf huh, or i can't eat uh, perfume 
That's that's weird. <laughs> Carol says, ah, yes. His lips are in the living room, but his heart is in the kitchen. <laughs> and she pretends to cry and bury her head into his chest. Mike says, yeah. Anything new? <laughs> Carol says, yeah. You get a call from Miss Miller. Mike asks, Miss Miller? Carol says, yeah. She had a very throaty, sexy voice. Mm. Mike smiles and says, oh, yeah? What does she say? Carol, while pretending to be sexy. <laughs> pretending to be sexy. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's implying that she's not like at all. <laughs> right. You know? Carol, while pretending to be sexy, says, yeah, she said, tell Mr. Brady he has an appointment tomorrow. Mike is dude. all smiles and cackles at the that idea. Was sexy. What's that? I said, dude, that was sexy. It was sexy as fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Mike is all smiles and cackles at the idea of having an appointment with the sexy throaty Miss Miller. Throaty. And Carol, what's that? Throaty. What? Throaty. Oh, oh, oh what did I say? No, that's right. It's just funny. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to correct me. Sorry. No. Then Carol cuts him <laughs> off quick and says, with the dentist. <laughs> oh. and, then, and then sticks her tongue out at him. Mike's <laughs> smile turns serious and he says, oops, I forgot about that. Hmm. Gee, my teeth are beginning to hurt already. Carol says, I know. According to Marsha, you haven't got a thing to worry about. The dentist is a dream boat. Hmm. Mike lights up, claps his hands together and says, fuck yeah. What should I wear? <laughs> he didn't say that. No, he didn't say that. He says, since when is Dr. Gordon a dream boat? I mean, he's fucking ugly. He's old and he's like, he's got a belly and shit. No. Um, Carol says, no, no, no. It's, it's his assistant, Dr. Vogel. Marsha says, as she imitates Marsha, when he looks at you with those big blue eyes, he's painless. <laughs> Mike says, well, I hope his bill is painless. <laughs> Carol just laughs. <laughs> Me too. I just laughed too. <laughs> just open your mouth and out of game. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a little interesting thing that came to light in this scene. Okay. Carol says his lips are in the living room, but yet his heart is in the kitchen. Right. Which is a profound statement, maybe, to clue to our conspiracy, meaning he's married to Carol, but his oh. heart really belongs to Alice. You know, See, I would, have, I would have thought it was the other way. I would have thought his heart belongs to Carol, but <laughs> but he's doing <laughs> stuff with Alice. <laughs> That's what I would have thought. But no, yeah. maybe, it, maybe it is. Maybe he really is like, you know, hmm. got a thing for Alice. Maybe he's really in love with Alice this whole Maybe, time. Maybe, you know, he wants to clean her kitchen, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, he's already done that. He wants but to cook like her dinner. <laughs> he wants to make her salad. Oh, He wants ooh. to dust her shells, if you know what I'm saying. You. <laughs> Toss her You salad. can make anything sound gross if you do that. <laughs> he you wants to vacuum saying. her couch, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, um, <laughs> um, I got to admit, Flohan is actually really good at doing voices. Like that was pretty good. <laughs> like, um, why was Mike so openly excited about another girl <laughs> calling him? Like, what was he hoping it was? 
Like he was obviously disappointed with like the dentist. What was he hoping it was? I don't know. I think it was just more of long of him just having fun with Carol. Like, ooh, some sexy woman called like, oh yeah, what she want? Oh, okay. oh, she wants yeah, some of saying. this. You know she wants some of this. You know. Also, I thought his jacket made him look like a boat captain because it had like the brass buttons up the sleeves and stuff like that. And what does he become at the end of this episode, or maybe it's the next episode? It's the next episode. The next episode, yeah. Till the next episode. Sorry, he becomes a boat captain. (laughs) He does. (sighs) It's foreshadowing. And the kids love the boat. That makes it the love boat. Gilligan's uh, Island? Holy th- shit. Th- that's when the, that's because the mass falls down. <gasps> Dude. Anyway. Well, we better move on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Scene five. Now we're downtown in the dentist's office. Oh shit. Mike is sitting in the chair as Dr. Vogel has just finished the procedure. Dr. Vogel says, Well, that wasn't so bad, was it? Mike says, well, I wouldn't say I exactly enjoyed it. <laughs> I've had a rougher time in a barber chair. Vogel <laughs>, laughs and says, well, I must be doing something right. Mike says, you know, my daughter <laughs> digs your bell bottoms. No, mm-hmm. my daughter thinks you're quite a dentist. Vogel takes the bib off Mike and says, well, thanks. She's a sharp, nice young lady. Mike gets up and says, yeah, she's awarded you, you know, her generation's supreme compliment. You are groovy. <laughs> Vogel says, ah, I told you she was sharp. By the way, does your daughter ever do any babysitting? Mike says, yeah, sometimes on the weekends. Vogel says, good. My wife and I have a three-year-old and we need a sitter this Friday. Mike says, oh, I'm sure she'd be happy to if she's available. Of course, you'd have to supply the three essentials. Vogel asks, essentials? <laughs> he looked all worried and shit. <laughs> a television set, a refrigerator, and at least one telephone. Vogel laughs and says, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's married. Yeah. Tough. Do you think that yeah. conversation would have went any differently? And now keep in mind the time frame that this happened. Yeah, because okay. this girly magazine is already telling these little girls that they need to be dating somebody 12 years older than them, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So do you, in, in light of that, do you think that conversation would have went any differently if Marsha was not his daughter? You know what I mean? Like, oh, do you oh, think he oh. still would have said, she's a bright, sharp young lady? Or do you think he would have been like, yo? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have to kind of keep like she is a child, you know, meaning she's under 18. Right. So you can't really like, you know, go, yeah, she but was see, hot like, or whatever. You what, know what but I mean? was like, it different back then? I don't know. I'm sure it was no different idea. in Hollywood, but we're not talking about Hollywood. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a good question. Mm. Um, I, I was kind of hoping that they would show his wife at some point in the episode. Yeah. Because I was hoping they would have that moment where like Marsha sees him and his wife looks like a freaking supermodel. Marsha's <laughs> just like, oh shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, where were the rock music and the bell bottoms? I feel kind of gypped. Well, maybe that's what he only does with the teenagers, you know? He's trying to look. Maybe. I, st- I still feel gypped. I mean, it's it'd be nice to be treated like a teenage girl from time to time. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I, I know I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not let my daughter or my son um, baby if it's sit for somebody I'd just met. That, that ain't going to happen. 
<laughs> it's one thing if it's a family friend or something you've been babysitting for years, but some new dentist comes into town. Hey, is your daughter babysit? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Don't <laughs> matter. Does come over to my house Friday night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Scene six. In the backyard, we see Peter and Bobby attempting to build a fly-ass go-kart. Mm-hmm. I added the fly-ass. <laughs> I saw that. Greg walks up and says, hey, this is going to be a neat-looking go-kart. If you ever get it finished, when, where'd you get the engine? Peter says, from Mr. Morton's old lawnmower. Bobby adds, isn't it neat? Greg says, it's terrific. So you guys going to go for a ride and mow the street at the same time? <laughs> oh, Peter looks at him and sarcastically says, very funny. Greg says, I was only kidding. Can I give you a hand? Bobby says, sure. We'll give you a ride sometime. Greg looks at Bobby and says in a serious tone, thanks, Bobby. <laughs> he really did. He looked at him like super serious, like, thanks. thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Just then, Marsha walks through the backyard. <clears throat> Greg spots her and says, hey, Marsha, I got a message for you from Eddie Bryan. Marsha says, what about? Greg goes on. We're going bowling Friday night. He wants to take you. Marsha says, well, I guess it's okay. Greg says, what do you mean? You guess. It's Eddie Bryan. Marsha says, well, if you ask me, he's kind of immature. Greg, annoyed by your response, says, what do you mean immature? Marsha says, just like I said it, he's only a boy. Greg, surprised by this, says, Marsha, what are you talking about? He's the same age I am. Marsha says, that's what I mean. Immature. Oh. She spins around and walks off like a boss. The other boys laugh and Greg turns back to them and says, let's get this thing finished so I can run her over. Oh, man. Oh, dang. Hmm. I thought it'd be funny if she smacked him in the face with her hair when she turned around. There's just been a funny touch, but <laughs> yeah. um, I have to admit that's kind of a badass looking go kart. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. like, I'm kind of a child like that. Like, like I want one of those. Um, <laughs> go karts were all the rage in the '70s. I'm telling you. Shit, I remember I'm, being a small kid and like it's like everybody who lived like on an acre of yeah. property had had a fucking go kart. You know. Yeah. I never did, but it was always like a cousin had one or a cousin's yeah, friend yeah. down the street had one. Yeah. I remember when I was in kindergarten, right before I started kindergarten, my brother was in high school. He, he was graduating. And his shop class, him and his friend made a go-kart in shop class and like nice. welded all the pieces together and all that kind of stuff. And I used to think, mm. God, this shit looks so awesome. Like, I still want one to this day. Um, <laughs> does Marsha realize that she's a teen who looks like a child? Like, she's like five foot even. Like she looks like she's about twelve. Like this. Like she looks the well, same I mean, age as Jan. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe a little. So I like, I don't know. but I mean, she's trying to say other people are like boys, and she likes men. <laughs> like you look like you're twelve. Like what are you talking about? So, anyways, yeah. <clears throat> um, but I mean, you may not know this, but doesn't a lawnmower's drive shaft come straight out of the bottom of the engine? Um, because it's yes. got to spin the blade. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, depends on what kind of lawnmower you have, I suppose. I mean, you have a riding lawnmower, but is that the same? In it's the same engine. Yeah. Well, I mean so, that one that you, I would think the driving the drive shaft comes out of the bottom, 
Um, you would need an edger engine to, to make a go-kart work because then the drive shaft comes out the side. Well, I think you can probably get some sort of a coupling of some kind or whatever. You could, but I mean, they're making this go-kart out of wood. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> Unless you use a friction drive, I guess you could do it that way, but I don't know. Just, I was just curious. Hmm. All right, scene seven. Ooh. In the family room, Alice face down, ass up, vacuuming the sofa. Because <laughs> that's the listening. way we liked it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the way we like to vacuum the sofa. Okay. All while listening to the hose to hear what is being sucked up. <laughs> Carol then walks over to her and says, Alice, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Alice says, well, that's <laughs> Alice says, oh, that's right. You don't know. This machine is called a vacuum. <laughs> and what I'm doing is called vacuuming. Well, what's funny is you said the line, listening to the hose, and you didn't even crack a joke at all. Bitches only turn up with their friends. Oh, damn. <laughs> they they did. Um, I'm listening to these hoes. Okay. <laughs> now, Alice actually says, listening for clinks. And she puts her ear back to the hose. <laughs> Carol asks, <laughs> clinks? Alice says, yeah. Sometimes I suck up loose change and it makes clinks. You know, because you don't pay me enough. So I have to resort <laughs> for this kind of thing for extra earnings. <laughs> Carol laughs and says, would you try to clink up enough for a new sofa? <laughs> Carol just laughs. That's Carol's oh. polite way of saying, bitch, ain't your money. <laughs> Just then, Mike walks in and greets his wife. Carol asks, quick, tell me, how was your dental appointment? Mike jokingly says, please, shade your eyes, as he <laughs> smiles super big to show off his shiny white teeth. Carol and Alice both play along, and Alice says, oh, I can't stand the glare. Carol says with a dramatic tone, mocking her daughter, how was Dr. Vogel? Mike says, Marsha is right. He is indeed charming, groovy, and sexy as fuck. <laughs> Carol says, gee, I'm not supposed to see him for another month, but maybe I can get my appointment pushed up. <sighs> Alice adds, what I need is a couple of good quick cavities. Mike Filled. says, <laughs> damn it. That's good. <laughs> Sorry, Alice. He's married and has a family. Besides, mm. you don't even have dental insurance, silly oh. maid. <laughs> oh. You can't afford to go to the dentist, can you? <laughs> you need to do some more <laughs> clinking over there on the couch if you want to go to the <laughs> Alex walks off to clean something as Mike says to Carol. By the way, you know uh, Dr. Vogel asked if Marsha could babysit Friday night. Carol says, yeah, I don't see why not. Why don't you go ask her? She's up in her room studying. Mike agrees and walks off to go upstairs. Hmm. hmm. So do they, this is a <laughs> kind of a frivolous question, but do they have a whole house vacuum system? Cause I never see, I never see Alice pushing a vacuum around. I always see her oh, with a hose. Do. You see it a lot. Yeah. You do see you? Her with okay. That. Yeah. They don't have like central vacuum or whatever it's called. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's up with all these over the top gags in this episode? Like what? Like everything, everything is so over the top. Like the way they're like, "Oh, your teeth!" Like there's so oh. many over the top gags throughout this entire episode. If I was direct, right? Well, yeah, but if I was directing it, because there's some sequences coming up. Spoiler alert: There's some sequences coming up later on that are like yeah. daydream sequences that are really, yeah. really over the top. Mm -hmm. 
So I would think with the regular scenes like this, the more straight you play them, the more over the top those scenes are going to look. But it's like the whole thing was was directed by a vaudeville guy or something like like there's <laughs> all these ridiculous been. like bits and stuff. Um, but w- what's what's wrong with that sofa? Well, I mean, the, the colors fucking ugly, being but. careful, like, you know, I want to order a new couch, you know, whatever. Like, hmm. I want to put new wallpaper in here and I want to get new cabinets. And, you know, it's like, oh, so it sounds like you want a job is what you sound like. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you better find a way to pay for it. I ain't doing it. <clears throat> right. <laughs> All right. Scene eight. Moments later, Mike arrives in the girls' room where all the girls are working on homework. Mike greets the girls and walks over to Marsha, who is sitting at the desk. Mike says, Hi, honey. Say, Marsha, are you busy Friday night? Marsha says, Okay. Marsha, are you busy Friday night? Why do you keep asking us to do that? <laughs> See, I told you it was coming back. <laughs> no, Marsha actually says, uh, I have a date, Dad. Plus, you're my dad. <laughs> um, Mike says, well, this is not through blood. <laughs> that's right. You're adopted. <laughs> Mike says, oh, well, it's nothing. If you're busy, it's not important. Mike turns to leave the room as Marsha gets up and says, Dad, what's not important? Mike says, oh, well, Dr. Vogel wanted to know if you were free Friday night. But if you're busy, forget it. <laughs> Mike leaves the room and shuts the door. Marsha spins around with a wide-eyed look on her face and runs to her sister saying, Did you hear that? He wants to know if I'm busy Friday night. Marsha like, it's just dad. <laughs> He's your father. Why don't you get that? <laughs> Why don't you stop dating our family members, Marsha? To Cindy says. <laughs> Marsha dives onto the bed next to her sister's. Jan says, he actually noticed you. Marcia says, I can't believe it. Cindy says, and he's an older man. <laughs> According to Teen Time Romance, you're a perfect couple. Hmm. Marcia sits up and says, I wonder why he asked dad and not me. Jan thinks for a second and says, well, that's the way they did it in old times. The boyfriend asked permission from the father first. Cindy says, sure. Don't you watch old movies? Hmm. Marcia stands up and announces, an older man noticed me. Marcia then thinks for a second and says, oh, no, it's terrible. The other girls ask what? Marcia goes on. Well, I have a dentist appointment tomorrow and I don't have a thing to wear. Oh, no. Hmm. Jeez. Why would Mike... <laughs> Not lead with the fact that she has the opportunity to make money instead of going on a date. You know what I mean? Like, like if it was one of my kids, I'd be like, listen, like somebody wants you to babysit. Would you rather do that? Or would you rather go on a date? Instead of being like, oh, you're busy. Never mind. You're lost. Like that's kind of a dick thing to do. Um, (laughs) And why would you not, why would he even say that the dentist was asking? Like that makes any difference at all. So I don't know. I thought the way Mike handled this was kind of assholeish. Well, it wasn't just, I wouldn't say asshole-ish, but it's still, like, she never, because think about the how the conversation went. She goes, <clears throat> he goes, hey, you busy Friday night? She goes, why, well, I got a date. And he goes, okay, never mind. And she's like, why do you ask? And he's like, oh, just Dr. Vogel asked if you're busy Friday night. And that's it. 
He didn't like wait for a response or <laughs> wait for her to go, well, about what? You know, what does he want to do? You know, well, see, for me, I would have turned and said, well, Dr. Vogel was wanting to know if you could babysit. Yeah, that would be a that, normal conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and that's what I mean when I say it was kind of asshole shoving the way he answered. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, but if we didn't have that miscommunication, we wouldn't have an episode. This is true. You are correct. <laughs> All right. Scene nine. Back in the backyard, the boys continue to work on the go-kart. Greg, after tinkering with the engine, says, I think we're all set to try it. Peter says, good. I get the feeling I forgot something. (laughs) Bobby, while sitting in the driver's seat, says, what? Peter says, I forget. Greg, with a swift pull of the starter cord thingy, says, here it goes. Nothing happens. He pulls again. Still nothing. The other two keep telling him to pull harder. You know, trying to be helpful. <laughs> Almost like as if Carol was there. <laughs> Still nothing. <laughs> oh, Greg, do something. <laughs> well, did you pull it harder, honey? <laughs> Greg says, this is as hard as I can pull it. Greg finally takes the cap off the gas and looks inside and says, oh, for crying out loud, there's no gas. Peter pipes up and says, that's what I forgot. And he runs over to grab the gas can and puts it in. Mm. Just then, Marsha walks by dressed up. Greg sees her and whistles. No shit, whistles at her. Woo! (laughs) Says, hey, look at you. Peter says, do my eyes deceive me? Bobby says, you're wearing girls clothes. Which is weird because Marsha always wears girls clothes. That's what I was thinking That one episode she was dressed like a boy for some reason. It was really strange. (laughs) Marsha gets on her bike and says, I have a very important appointment. Bobby asks, what kind of an appointment? Marsha, in a condescending tone, says, it doesn't concern you children. Peter says, oh, la de frickin' da. Marsha <laughs> goes on, just go off and play with your dumb little toys. Just then, after Peter filled it with gas, Greg pulls the starter and it starts up. Marsha rides off on her bike and yells, and the same to you for some reason. Wasn't that the weirdest thing ever? No, it's because they revved the engine up really loud when she drove by. And she's like, well, the same to you. It just seems so weird and out of place to me. Almost (laughs) as if like something was cut there. Like, you know, almost Mm -hmm. like they did. They said something to her back and then it just cut to her going, what's that? Well, fuck you. And she rides off. You know, it's like (laughs) that thought didn't even occur to me until I saw your note. I'm like. What? I'm like, oh. and I watched again. I'm like, I, I guess I could see that, but no, I totally got it for the first time. Oh, I was like, what the hell? Anyway. <laughs> um, what the fuck, dude? They're the brothers are checking out Marsha. That's <laughs> <laughs> your sister, man. That's that God, and it's so blatant too. Um, <laughs> um, why would, Greg was looking at her like she was food. <laughs> <laughs> why would you ride a bike to the dentist? Like well, Carol can't, can't drive, drive her fucking car. kid to the dentist. Nah, it's probably not that far. Small town. Yeah, but I mean, there's an opportunity that they, there might be a problem. There's an opportunity they might put her to sleep. Probably need insurance information. Yeah, fucking honey, you can ride your bike while I sit around and cut tomatoes for Alice. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they've probably been going to that same dentist office their whole lives since they were. Small I would children, love to so. see a prequel of the Brady Bunch. And watch how Carol takes care of a baby. Because that would be eye-opening. <laughs> I think it really would. 
Tennessee struggle. Yeah. And now I have another baby. Oh my God. If only I had somebody here to help me. And who's going to make dinner? Oh. Meanwhile, her husband's off like fucking hookers and, yeah, right. <laughs> and coke and hookers on the weekend. Carol would be like, well, he cries whenever we take him out. So we just leave him in all the time. <laughs> that would be Carol. <laughs> all right. Scene 10. At the dentist office, Dr. Vogel gets done with the drill in Marsh's mouth. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> oh, just wait. There's more. <sighs> At the dentist office, Dr. Vogel gets done drilling Marsh's mouth. <laughs> he pulls away and Marsh has a look of sheer ecstasy on her face. Vogel asks, I hope that didn't hurt you. Marsha smiles and says, what didn't hurt? Vogel says, the drill. Marsha says, oh, I love being drilled by you, doctor. <laughs> no, she actually says, oh, I loved it. Vogel, <laughs> while looking no, through drawers. She says, oh, I loved it. That's what I said. <laughs> you said it very haphazardly. Oh, okay. oh I loved it. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> instead, of like Jay, instead of like Jay Leno Jay Leno <laughs> on the seat <laughs> no, she, okay. no she actually says Oh I loved it Is that better? Tax guy yeah. get that full experience He's like no no Jimmy <laughs> Come on no, no, these, sell it to me These people man. are expecting it These people want it Like let's give our <laughs> listeners like What they came here for <laughs> Vogel while looking through drawers says you can't believe how many people complain, but not you. Marsha proudly says, I never complain. Dr. Vocal turns to her and says, rinse, please. Marsha picks up a paper cup with mouthwash in it, rinses out and spits. Dr. Vogel says, that's one of the things I like about you. Marsha says, mm, I love the taste of your mouthwash. Dr. Vogel comes back. To look into her mouth, which reminds him, and he asks, By the way, what about Friday night? Did your father mention it? Marcia says, Yeah, but I sort of have a date. It's not really a date. It's only with Eddie Bryan, a youth at school. <laughs> Dr. Vogel says, Oh, well, that's too bad. Well, I'll have to find somebody else. I've got tickets to the ballet. Marcia looks him in the eyes and says, The ballet? Vogel asks, do you like the ballet? Marcia says, I'm mad about it. I've never seen it, but I'm mad about it. <laughs> she smiles into the doctor's eyes. Dr. Vogel grabs tools and says, now let's see how that looks. Open wide, please. Marcia sits back with her mouth agape as he fingers around inside of her. <laughs> Marcia tries to speak by saying, I'm sure Eddie will understand. I can break a date. Dr. Vogel says, just keep opening wide, Marcia. I don't want you to break a date. <laughs> Marcia goes on. It's not anything important. Vogel says, no, no. There'll be other nights. Wider, please. Marcia then pulls away from the doctor's instruments and says, it's okay. I'm sure it is. Vogel confirms. You sure it's no trouble? Marcia smiles and says, positive. Dr. Vogel puts down his instruments and say, all right, then Friday. Marcia says, I can't stay out late, though. Vogel says, no problem. Ballet ought to be over by 11. Marcia smiles and says, wonderful. 
<laughs> Dr. Vogel turns to Marsha and asks, could you be ready by seven? Marsha smiles and says, I can be ready even earlier. Vogel says, no, seven is fine. I'll pick you up at your house. The camera pushes in to see Marsha light up and about to burst with anticipation for her quote unquote date on Friday night as she whispers, Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> At least she didn't laugh and ask him to repeat the question. That, that was oh, nice of her. <laughs> nice of her. That's, At least she's got that much to, you know. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, All right. So this cool, is where huh? we take our next break, Jimmy. I'm going to let you sit over there and lick your wounds. There you go. <laughs> my arms so are Marcia thinks... <laughs> So Marcia thinks she's going on a date with groovy Dr. Vogel. But won't she be surprised when she finds out the truth? Oh, yes, she will. I'm not, yeah. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Sorry. I almost gave away the ending. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> and we'll be back. <laughs> Tack, what's wrong? Oh, Jimmy, I was hoping to get some groovy costumes for me and my son this Halloween, but I'm tired of all the same boring costumes that all the other stores have. Yeah. Have you checked out HalloweenCostumes.com? Wait, don't tell me. They too sell Halloween costumes just like the other stores do. Sell them? (laughs) HalloweenCostumes.com has the biggest, the best selection of Halloween costumes and accessories and decorations like anywhere Okay, you say that, but so do party-type stores, department stores. I mean, what does HalloweenCostumes.com have that others don't? Are they really that much better than the other places? Um, how about the biggest selection with over 10,000 costumes? Um, okay, but me and my son are into totally different things. They got you covered. They have costumes from comics, video games, movies, and TV. Okay, I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. Now, hey, their selection is great. They even have costumes to fit parents, kids, couples, groups, plus size, oh, and even sexy costumes. Ooh la la. <laughs> right? And of course, HalloweenCostumes.com has the best retro costume selection. Dude, they have stuff like Optimus Prime and Bumblebee transforming costumes in not just kid sizes, but like adults so we can wear them. They have Disney, Ghostbusters, Cobra Kai. Dude, Back to the Future, Teen Wolf, Kiss, Alf, Beetlejuice, The Smurfs, and more. They have over 3,500 exclusive designs. And don't forget, one of the Retro Network's favorite items. (laughs) Ugly Ugly Halloween Halloween sweaters. (laughs) And check out the brand new designs for 2021, like Scooby-Doo, Pennywise, and Care Bears. Bro, you you can't even get those on a face mask. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Just click on the Retro Network's promo link in today's show notes and save 20% off of in-stock items now through November 6, 2021. Halloweencostumes.com, the only place you need to shop this Halloween season.
And we are uh, back. Uh, that was a great break. That was a great break. That was am- that was amazing. I just it, I don't know. It was just fine as wine, kind of chatty. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn, we didn't try that one today, but I wouldn't have remembered it. I wouldn't have remembered right it. Anyway. What's that? <laughs> I wouldn't have remembered it anyway. That's okay. <clears throat> so this episode kind of reminds me of a friend's episode. So <laughs> okay. where Ross was, I guess, thought he was dating this girl. <laughs> and then like, you know, and it was the time where him and Rachel were just got done with their quote unquote break and they broke up. Okay. So he was kind of showing off of like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing this girl da, da, da. tonight. She asked me to come over, you know, and we met because we you know both have kids and all that. And so he thinks he's going on this date with, and he brings like this bottle of wine over to her apartment. <laughs> and then turns out when he gets there, he's just babysitting her kid while she goes out on a date with this That's other awesome. dude from her work. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Oh, you brought wine. Well, if you could just wait till the kids go to sleep to drink your wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> so, like, like in this episode, they talk about <clears throat> Marsha like having a crush on like a dentist kind of figure. Yeah. So like like hypothetical question like, have mm-hmm. you ever wanted to fuck a dentist? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know else. I didn't know what else to talk about. You were gonna, I thought you were gonna go the other way. I thought you were gonna ask. Have you ever had like a teenager or a young girl like have a crush on you or something? <laughs> but that's a good segu. <clears throat> have you ever dealt with that? Have you ever had a, like a child have a crush on you? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> How'd you handle it? <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> I know it's, it's mean to say because this girl, she was an underage, but she was telling me like she had like a crush on me. Right. And I, I literally... <clears throat> I literally told her, no. So, I mean, so to clarify, no. this isn't this isn't like, Mr. Van Sickle, I sure would like to get like a banana split with you. Uh, you know, it's not like that. This was like, she was being more aggressive about it. She, yeah, she's being very This wasn't no Brady Bunch crush. This was like a real crush, right? Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. <clears throat> like, she had been around the block, so to speak. And, okay, that's what you're saying. Okay. And she was trying to imply things, and she told me that she was like, she even told me she was, quote, in love with me. And I, that's when oh, I wow. said, no, no. Do you remember knows it? <laughs> Go lay down somewhere. <laughs> oh, God, don't even say that. <laughs> you said no. you handle it like a dog. <laughs> no. But <laughs> what did you do? What did you do? <laughs> you think you need to lay down somewhere? She's like, yeah, that's the point. I'm like, no, not with me. Away from me. Better get away from me. But yeah, mm. I was like, no, no, no. So did no, she ultimately no. listen? Well, yeah. No, we're we're dating still. <laughs> <laughs> we're married. Should be know? eighteen soon. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. She uh, eventually understood, and uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And that's something I cannot relate to. I've never had that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Scary, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well. You ready to get back into it? Uh, I am. All right. When we left off, Marsha has fallen in love with the newest dentist in town, Dr. Vogel. 
After reading an article that Jan found, it says that a young woman should marry an older man to have a successful marriage. <laughs> Mike later meets Dr. Vogel, who asks if Marsha can babysit his three-year-old for him while he and his wife go out to the ballet Friday night. Somehow a misunderstanding happens, and now Marsha believes she has a date with Dr. Vogel Friday night. How will she get out of this one? <laughs> well, I don't think she wants to get out of it. She wants to get into it, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. God. Scene 11. Back in the backyard, the boys are now painting their go-kart. Yellow seems to be the color they chose. As they're painting, Bobby suggests, we ought to paint a number on it. A really good number. <laughs> Greg asks, what do you mean a really good number? Bobby says, one like 99. Peter asks, what's so great about 99? Bobby says, well, if it turns over, then it's 66. Peter then asks, then why not 66? If it turns over, it'll be, and they all say, 99 <laughs> together. They all just laugh. <laughs> just then Greg says, hey, you guys, we can make it 88. Then when it turns over, it'd still be 88. Greg giggles at his own joke. <laughs> and then crickets. <laughs> They're just like, then no. Marcia, <laughs> Marcia comes barreling through on her bike like a fucking moose and almost hits the boys <laughs> and, and the go-kart. Greg stops her and says, Marsha, we're trying to paint this thing. Marsha gets off her bike in anger and says, really? You children and your juvenile hobbies. Peter pipes up and says, children, since when did you get to be so old? Bobby, now mocking Jimmy, says, eh, speak up. I can't hear you. Okay. Marsha then says, Greg, would you come here a minute? Greg gets up and walks over to her. Marsha goes on. Uh, would you tell Eddie Bryan that I can't go out with him Friday night? I have another date. Greg says, you can't do that to him. I already told him you'd go. He's already shaved. <coughs> Marsha, still trying to sound like an adult, says, I'm sorry, but I've got more mature things to do. And then she walks off, leaving Greg feeling annoyed. Huh. Hmm. One thing that struck me with this is where the hell do the Brady's get all this paint from? It seems like whenever they have any project, they have like fucking cans of paint everywhere. Where are they getting all this from? <laughs> well, and the plywood and like, yeah, yeah. You know, all the other stuff. Um, <laughs> why did Marsha almost hit him? Like, is she not paying attention to where she's going? Like, I know. I thought that was weird too. I was like, does she need glasses now? Like, like she Jan? must wear. <laughs> she must like, weigh like eighty five pounds because Greg just puts out his arm and just stopped her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were discussing the number thing. I was like, or yeah. maybe they could give it a number that's significant to their mother. I don't know. Just saying, you know, the one How's that, that passed mean? away. I don't know, like their mother that passed away. Like, let's commemorate her. Let's oh, maybe, oh, I thought you meant Carol. <laughs> <laughs> The real Mrs. Brady, you know? Uh, that's what you're saying. <laughs> you know, maybe like her age or something when she passed away or something. You yeah, know? that makes sense. Something <laughs> sentimental. True. Or six, that, because there's six kids in the Brady Bunch. <laughs> and uh. then like, when Carol's like, oh, why did you choose 35? And they're like, because that's how old our real mother was when she passed away. <laughs> Carol. <laughs> Carol Brady. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Maybe 66 was the year she died, Tech. Maybe that's what Peter was saying. 
Oh, maybe. Hmm. Mr. Insensitive. Scene 12 In the family room Carol is working on some needlepoint You know, something constructive And with a purpose (laughs) Marsha walks in and greets her Marsha says "Uh, Mom Did uh, dad mention anything about Dr. Vogel On Friday night? Carol says, yes he did mention it Marsha asks And it's okay? Carol says, sure, why not? It'd be a good experience for you. And you'll make some extra money. <laughs> Marcia's surprised to hear this from her mother, says, wow. So with the traffic and everything, I may not be home until about midnight, and it's still okay? Carol says, as long as I know where you are, dear, I won't worry. Marsha puts her arms around her mother and screams, Oh, Mom, you're the most understanding mother in the world! And then kisses her on the head and runs off to her room. Carol, confused by this reaction, asks herself, What'd I say? Where am I at? What's my name? Why am I doing a different needlepoint every week? What am I doing with all these? The Etsy hasn't been invented yet. You don't see any of these hanging up anywhere. Do I even complete the one from last week? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but my, my only note is like, it goes back to the previous one. Like, why is Carol so over the top in this episode? I don't know. What do you mean? How was she over the top in this scene? Well, because like, like when she grabs her on her neck, she's making all these faces like she's choking. Is that like. Like, why? Just act normal. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, like, she's choking? Yeah. You didn't. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she just seemed really, really like very vaudevillish this episode. Like, everything was over the top gags and stuff. <laughs> it's like, just calm down. Jeez. <laughs> I must have been their director this week. I don't know. Old vaudeville guy, you know. Well, no, actually, no, he he directed an episode of like MASH and a couple, he did mainly TV shows like that. But apparently he was in some kind of big controversy in the 50s in Broadway. It was blacklisted for a while until he was found innocent. They threw it out of court. I'm not joking. <laughs> no, it's serious. <laughs> I was waiting for a punchline. <laughs> no, no, seriously. I got curious about the same thing. I'm like, oh. well, maybe this guy did a bunch of like naked gun movies in the 80s or something. But no, it's, <laughs> he just did a bunch of TV shows. <clears throat> <clears throat> Scene 13. Marsha enters into her bedroom where Jan is sitting at the desk working on homework. Marsha says, Jan, Jan, he did it. He asked me for a date. Jan asks, who did? Marsha says, Dr. Vogel. Jan lights up and says, oh, Marsha, your first older man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy for you. Marsha smiles and says, thanks. Jan asks, where are you going to meet him? Marsha says, he's coming here. Jan asks, here? Marsha excitedly says, yeah, Friday night at 7 o'clock. Jan asks, well, is it all right with mom and dad? Marsha yells with excitement. Mom said it would be a good experience. And I'll make <laughs> extra money, I guess. <laughs> she only says, get paid for doing it. <clears throat> Jen says, oh, wow, that's great, Marsha. Too much. Marsha then backs up and starts to daydream. A first date could lead to a second date. And then that might lead to a third. 
and then maybe even a fourth, and then after that a fifth, and then a, no wait a sixth, then a seventh. No, anyway, and then maybe to going steady, and that might lead to marriage. Imagine me, Mrs. Marcia Dentist, which I thought that was hilarious. That was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, Marcia's, it's kind of it's kind of Cindy-ish, but yeah, it's fun. Marcia's smile grows bigger and begins to think some more. Mrs. Marcia Dentist. Mrs. Marcia Dentist. We now cut to a dream sequence of her wedding day. Marcia is standing in a wedding gown next to Dr. Vogel. The officiant says, Mrs. Marcia Brady, do you promise to love, honor, brush up and down, and see your dentist twice a year? She looks over Dr. Vogel standing next to her and says, I do. The efficient goes on. And you, Dr. Dentist, do you take Marsha for better or worse, for cavities, for root canal work, in orthodontia? He looks down at Marsha and says, I do. The efficient goes on. With the powers vested in me by the Dental Association, I now pronounce you wife and dentist. They look at each other, and as they're about to kiss, Dr. Bogle pulls out an oral mirror and puts it in her mouth. <laughs> and this ends her daydream sequence. <laughs> Marsha's still just sitting there twirling her hair with a silly grin while Jan says, Marsha, Marsha, I'm talking to you. Marsha snaps out of her dream state, giggles and says, I guess I was daydreaming. And what a dream. Mm. Hmm. I was wondering how they're going to do the kiss the bride thing, seeing that she's like 15. <laughs> oh, I know. Me so, too. That was kind of funny. Um, I thought they were actually just going to do it. Because yeah, right. I've seen stuff like this before, like in TV shows or movies where like, oh my God. <laughs> they actually <laughs> kissed. <laughs> well, it's like yeah. if you ever see um, Romeo and Juliet, the old yeah. one. Um, they show her topless in it. And she was only like 14 or 15. Oh, it's the same with the, what was that one with the Brooke Shields? Yeah. The, yeah. 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 Where she um, was like naked and like mm-hmm. making out and like having sex. With yeah, like, yeah, this, yeah. like 18, 19 year old guy. And she That's was crazy. only like 15 or something like that. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, on one hand you can ask, I wonder how they got away with it. But the more appropriate question is why are we still able to watch it? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's kind of child porn, isn't it? Like, Kinda like I don't know. I guess yeah. <clears throat> um, I thought that felt very Saved by the Bellish. It you know did. I, mean? <laughs> I thought of that too. Yeah. Which I thought of it subconsciously, but until yeah. you said it, I'm like, yes, that's what I was thinking. Saved by mm-hmm. the Bell. Yeah, it was very Saved by the Bellish. Just because Saved by the Bell is so over the top, all the t- all their lines are punched up to eleven. Like all the the the, <laughs> the <clears throat> yeah. scene fourteen. Later in the family room, Marsha is sitting at the table working on homework. Carol comes in and says, Marsha, dinner's just about ready. You better get cleaned up. Marsha agrees and gathers her books. Back in the kitchen, Carol is finishing up a salad (laughs) as Bobby and Cindy walk in and Bobby asks, when is dinner? Cindy adds, we're starved. Carol laughs and says, any minute now. Alice enters in and says, Cindy. Would you get a couple of napkins, please? Cindy walks off to get them. 
We see Marsha through the kitchen, still gathering her things together. She stops at the bar and watches her family get ready for dinner. She smiles and daydreams yet again. Coming into the kitchen, we see Bobby and Cindy enter in. Bobby is dressed like a little Dutch boy, while Cindy is dressed, well, you know, like Cindy, with a very short dress on and her hair in curls. Bobby, in an English accent, says to his mother, apparently Marcia, in her dream sequence, Oh, mummy, you're quite ready for dinner. Cindy adds, Yes, quite. We are dreadfully hungry. Marcia, who's standing next to an open oven, dressed very maturely, with her hair pulled back, says, In a moment, my angels. Also in Marcia's fantasy, Alice still works as her maid but is dressed in a French maid's uniform, a very short French maid uniform. Yeah. She enters in dusting with a feather duster, singing a tune, and apparently also speaks French-ish to Cindy. <laughs> oh, my petite, Cindy, get me two napkins, s'il vous plaît. Cindy curtsies and says, Oui, Mademoiselle Alice. Cindy walks off and Bobby adds, And I shall help you. <laughs> and he <laughs> and he follows her out. Alice turns to Marcia and says, "Oh, Madame, the children they are fantastic." <laughs> Marcia brings her hands up to her face and adds, "A blessing." Alice sighs and then they look at each other and smile. <laughs> <laughs> We cut back to Marcia with her head in the clouds as Carol says, Dinner, Marcia. Marcia. Marcia snaps out of it and says, Oh, uh, I'm coming, Mom. <sighs> Carol rocking that salad. Oh, shit. Alice rocking that French maid outfit. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Sorry, I, didn't, I didn't notice that was your thing. Oh, no, I'm you're so good. Sorry. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. So if anybody ever wanted to know what Alice looked like in a French maid outfit, that's... <laughs> I would never in a million years... If you would have told me in an episode, did you see the episode where Alice wears a tight, short French maid outfit? I would, I would have never believed you. That was a scene in the show. I almost want to take a still of that and crop the head off and then post on an Instagram and then, like, the next day, be like, hi, it was Alice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, you can't do it now. now no, you just true. That's true. I just yeah. like, you ruined it. You ruined the good surprise. Scene 15. Later, Mike comes home from work through the front door. He greets Carol with a kiss, and Carol says, boy, you look beat. Mike says, yeah, what a day. Carol asks, Really rough, huh? Mike says, well, there's no pleasing some clients. Meanwhile, Marcia has come halfway down the stairs and is witnessing her parents in the living room. She smiles as she sees Carol comforting and massaging Mike's shoulders as he goes on. Give a modern because they ask for modern and then they want early American. Carol suggests, well, maybe tomorrow will be better. Mike says, I doubt it. And they do a Spider-Man kiss. Hmm. <laughs> When they cut back to Marsha for another daydream sequence. Mm. <laughs> Dr. Vogel comes walking in through the front door. 
still wearing his dentist jacket, and says, Hello, my dearest. Marsha greets him with a hug and says, Hi, honey. Rough day? Dr. Bogle says, Oh, brutal. The way people thoughtlessly break appointments. <laughs> Dr. Bogle then sits comfortably in his dentist chair that's in the living room. <laughs> that was really funny. <clears throat> that was a hilarious touch, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Marsha reaches down for a little paper cup and hands it to him. He says, rinse, you'll feel better. <laughs> Dr. Vogel says, I feel better just being with you. Marsha asks, patient trouble? Vogel says, the Levine kid bit me. Marsha says, again? That makes the third time this month. Vogel goes on. And if that wasn't enough, I spent all afternoon extracting an impacted molar. Marcia takes his hand and says, I'm so proud of you, my darling. Because of you, there's one less impacted molar in the world. Relax. You're at home with me now. Marcia, still in a daze, comes walking down the stairs, smiling. Hmm. I love the fact that What is a Youth was playing again. It was playing in a previous episode, too. That's the song from uh, from uh, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny because I think he had to sit in the chair so that they're the same height. Because <laughs> he's like six foot one. And she's like five foot. Like, so he's like 13 inches mm-hmm. taller. Hmm. I thought this was pretty clever. So yeah, I thought so too. I like how they kept the shots up high as if she's right. still watching herself yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. down from the stairs. Um, I like also how they didn't make him kiss. They just mm-hmm. hugged and that was it and didn't do anything inappropriate. So I thought they were going to lean in and just before they touched, they were going to cut it. I thought they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. Another thing I wish they would have done too, because he said I had to deal with an impacted molar. Right. I thought it would have been funnier for him to say something more of what kids know that they do. Like, because oh, yeah. she, it was her daydream. Therefore, she wouldn't know, like, not necessarily what an impacted molar is. You know, something more along the lines of something a kid. It would have been funny to hear him say something more of like what a kid would think a dentist does. Right, impacted right. molar. I think is too like, it's too industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> like, if you ever watched that one show, which I'm sure you haven't, called uh, BoJack Horseman. No. There's this. Uh, <laughs> there's this little. This woman is dating. It's literally two kids standing on top of each other in a trench coat. Okay. And this and this woman is dating this quote guy. And then uh it's so funny because he talks and and she's like, Oh, you have a rough day? And he goes, oh, Yes, I was busy at the what was it? <laughs> something like the office factory, you know, or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember what they call it. There was something like that. And it just was so funny. I kept referring it to the as the office factory or something like that. It was fun. <laughs> I expected something like that here. but yeah. <clears throat> Scene 16. Later that night, Jan is sitting next to the horse thingy, you know, next to the stairs in the living room. Hmm. She's on the phone and says, are you sure? That's awful. <laughs> well, hmm. I'll have to tell Marsha. Oh, well, thanks. Bye. Just then, Marsha comes down the stairs. Jan stops her and asks, Marsha, can I talk to you for a minute? Marsha says, well, make it short, okay? I've got to get on this algebra. And points to the book in her hand. Jan says, well, 
I was just talking to my friend Kathy, and she's got a friend who has a sister, and she was thinking of going out with a married man. Marcia says, mm-hmm. Jan asks, what do you think of that? Marcia says, well, I think it's terrible. Jan says, but uh, what if she's in love with this man? Marcia says, well, it still doesn't make it any different. He's a married man. Jan adds, but what if she didn't find out that until after they fell in love? Marcia argues, well, it's still wrong. Can you imagine what kind of life this poor girl would have? Marcia gets dramatic and says, hiding in the shadows, waiting by herself as the clock ticks off the empty hours, doomed <laughs> to be the other woman for life. <laughs> it's not for me. Jan says, I'm glad to hear you say that because he's married. Marsha <laughs> asks, who's married? Jan says, Dr. Vogel, your date. He's got a wife, children, maybe even a dog. <laughs> I thought that was a funny delivery for it too. Yeah. Marsha is in complete shock to hear this news. She sits down and says, Dr. Vogel? Jan, sounding more and more like she's giving doctors diagnosis than advice, goes on, yes, Kathy's parents are friends with Dr. Vogel and his wife. Marsha, pleading now, asks, are you absolutely positive? Jan says, positive. What are you going to do? Marsha, now hurt, sighs and says, I don't know. Hmm. That maybe even a dog had my shit cracking up. That was pretty funny. That Just the way how funny. serious she was. Maybe even a dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I love how Marsha delivered that shit right into the camera. Like that one clear shot of her like addressing the camera. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <sighs> All right. Scene 17. Later or the next day, I have no fucking idea because Marsha is wearing a different outfit in every fucking scene. <laughs> Anywho, she enters into the kitchen where Alice is sweeping. Marsha asks, Alice, can I talk to you? Alice says, sure, sweetie. Marsha adds, I mean, woman to woman. Alice looks at her and says, be a little hard for us if we did it any other way. <laughs> Marsha says, this is serious. Alice, now seeing the importance and seriousness of the conversation, puts the broom down and pulls over a stool for Marsha to sit down on. Marsha goes on. Well, suppose you found out about something about your boyfriend, Sam. Alice asks, like what? Marcia goes on. Well, suppose all the time you've been dating, Sam's been married to someone else. Alice pauses, looks at Marcia, and quickly puts her hands on her shoulders and asks, Marcia, do you know something that I don't know? Marcia says, no, I'm just supposing, that's all. Alice lets her go and says, oh. Marcia continues. But what would you do if you found out Sam was married? Mm. Alice says, well, no butcher better tell me something like that with a meat cleaver on the counter. <laughs> Alice laughs for a second, then snaps back. You sure we're not talking about Sam now? <laughs> Marcia says, oh, positive. It's some other woman who's facing that problem. Alice asks, somebody you know? Marcia nods and says, yeah. And I was hoping you could give her some advice. Alice says, 
Oh, I'd say stop the romance right away. Marsha asks, how? Alice says, well, I'm not sure. My problems with romance have never been stopping one. It's always been about starting one. <laughs> Marsha continues. Sam. Sorry. <laughs> Marsha continues. I mean, how would you stop it, Alice? Would you write him a letter or phone him or what? Alice says, no. I'd face him with it right away, face to face. Marsha asks, get it over with real quick, huh? Alice says, right. Marsha thanks Alice and gets off the stool and walks away. You know, as soon as she left, Alice went and called Sam. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, what the fuck, man? What happened? How's your wife? (laughs) Yeah, I got to go. Bye. (laughs) You know, she did that shit. Can you imagine the comment about the meat cleaver from man had said that? <laughs> like it would be a it totally different tone. <laughs> It'd be a totally different tone. Like, well, did you hear Sally's like may have been dating that other guy? Yeah. Like, well, there better not be a meat cleaver nearby. <laughs> be like, what the fuck? Alice be- or Sally better not say it to me with a meat cleaver around. Damn, okay. totally. See, Holy see shit. the tone completely changes if yeah. it's a man saying it. <laughs> that's sexism exactly so where's the equality there scene 18 (laughs) later in dr vogel's office marcia enters wearing a different outfit (laughs) she walks in as dr vogel is looking at some x-rays she slams the door and states dr vogel vogel turns around and says oh hi marcia uh did we have an appointment? Marcia says, no, but I had to see you at once. <laughs> Vogel puts the x-rays back and says, oh, don't tell me that filling came out. Please sit in the chair. He walks her over to the chair to have a look. Marcia sits in the chair as if it's in a soap opera and passionately says, Dr. Vogel, I can't go on like this. Vogel says, well, I'm... Sure you can't. The pain must be pretty bad. (laughs) Marcia says, I almost couldn't do my algebra test. (laughs) While Vogel puts the bib on Marcia, he says, Marcia, why didn't you call me at home? Marcia says, that would have been even more painful. Vogel asks, more painful? Marcia finally states, Dr. Vogel, we can't go on seeing each other like this. Even though we haven't had our first date Dr. Vogel says our first date? I... Marcia cuts him off of course and says I know you were afraid if you had told me you were married I wouldn't have accepted I realize that men are attracted to younger girls I read teen time romance magazines Dr. Vogel trying not to laugh says oh I can see you do. (laughs) He pauses for a moment and says, Do you mean the date I asked your father about? Marcia says, Yes. It was very gallant of you to ask his permission. Vogel turns away from her and says, Oh, I think I understand. Marcia sits up and (laughs) says passionately, I'm flattered that you find me attractive but I couldn't break up your marriage Dr. Vogel looks at her and says Marsha 
you're wiser than your years. <laughs> Marsha, continuing to be passionate, says, That's why I have to give you up, Doctor. Dr. Vogel says, If that's what you really want. Marsha says, That's the way it has to be. She gets out of the chair, places the bib down, and she declares, I give you back to your wife and to your children. He shakes her hand and says, I thank you, Marsha. My wife and children, thank you too. He walks crazy to the door, but she stops and says, Dr. Vogel, I think you should know that I'm not ever going to say anything about this to my friends or my family. Vogel asks, what about the dental association or the police or (laughs) your psychiatrist? No, Vogel says, (laughs) believe me, I won't either. As he almost has crazy out of the office, she stops and turns around and says, oh, by the way, Dr. Vogel says, yes. Marsha laughs and says, I'll still be in Wednesday to have my teeth cleaned. She turns and walks out. Dr. Vogel just laughs as he realizes how close he came to losing his wife and his kids and his practice and probably his dog. And he just smiles. (laughs) That shit crazies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If that was today... well, first, I feel, I feel like Dr. Vogel should like tell Mike. Yeah, oh, for like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like he'd be like, look, like she totally misunderstood. I don't know what you said to her. Exactly. But she yeah, totally yeah. misunderstood. And then I had to I had to tell her just so I wouldn't let her down that right, right, right. just so you know, but I swear to God, nothing happened. I didn't touch <laughs> your daughter. You cannot bring her here. I'll be totally fine with that. <laughs> For the rest yeah. of my career. The last thing he needs is Marsha to say, well, you know, then he had me spit. Like, what? What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> or even um, like, and just so like Mike knows, right? So later down the road when Marsha isn't like, oh my God, that fucking doctor. What a dirty fucking pervert. <laughs> he wanted to me to like be with him. Like, yeah, yeah. And then, he said then he Mike wanted to like, babysit. Yeah. <laughs> And then Mike, like, no, no, no. He told me that's not what happened. This is actually what happened 10 years yeah, ago, yeah. you know, but I didn't want to tell you then, but I will tell you now. <laughs> He's not a crazy pervert. So you can take your kids to him. It's okay. <laughs> well, see, I, I guess Mike would already know because he had said that he wanted her to babysit. So Mike knew what the plan was and Carol knew what the plan was. It was Marsha, you know, so I think Marsh, Mike would have been able to, to deduce that, you know, it was a misunderstanding. Well, Mike's smart. Part. Mike's yeah. a smart guy. He can definitely yeah. deduce. He would have went to Marsha and be been like, like, what? Yeah. He would have went to Marsha and been like, what did you think was going to happen Friday night? You know, he was wanting you to babysit, right? And then she would have felt fucking stupid and it would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, for, but for sure, if that would have, if that would have been today, there would have been tons of people would have taken the opportunity for a lawsuit in that one. For sure. Well, no, if it was today, the fucking parents would have been with the child instead of making her ride her fucking bike to the dentist. But. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Scene 19. Later that same day, because Marsha's wearing the same outfit as the last scene, <laughs> <laughs> is walking through the backyard on her bike. She spots Greg and says, Greg, Greg, 
But Greg is ignoring her, but Ooh, finally shit. gives in and says, I don't know if I want to talk to a chick who breaks dates with my friends. Marsha, feeling sorry, asks, does Eddie Bryan have another date for Friday night yet? Greg says, no, thanks to you. Marsha smiles and says, good, because I want to call him right now. I'd love to go out with him. Greg, calling on her bullshit, says, uh-huh. oh, wait a minute. I thought you said Eddie was too immature for you. Marsha says, you know, there's a lot to be said for growing old together. She smiles at Greg and walks off. Oh, shit. Hmm. You know, there were many, many Fridays where I had no date. So I don't, I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> Me too. Me uh, too. I just repeated the question, you know, and, you know, still got told no. That's okay. That's, <laughs> whatever. That is what it is. <laughs> okay. So I thought, oh, cool. <laughs> Popular Eddie Bryan doesn't have a date yet and was waiting on Little Miss Marsha. Lucky her. <laughs> and she's already ready to go out on a date with another boy, which is typical because women can't seem to stay single for some reason. Not even yeah. for one fucking Friday night. <laughs> drives me nuts. Yeah. But I'm not bitter either. No, I'm not no. bitter. No. No. This Whatever. isn't out of my personal life in any way. Yeah. Guys will go like three years without a date. Yeah. And in the whole time over the last relationship, because I need time for my heart to heal. And in the whole time you're listening to that one female friend complain because she's been like dateless for the past two Fridays. (laughs) (laughs) And yet your ex was in another relationship within the next week after you broke up. (laughs) It's like, I'm back with Johnny again. I thought Johnny like smacked you around. Yeah. But my CDs are in his truck. (laughs) Yeah. I smacked you around and spit no, spit on you. Yeah, sorry, yeah, but, but it's different when we're together. He's so sweet, <laughs> but he got me flowers him. and he never gets me flowers. <laughs> okay, you girls, you know you know what we're talking about. You know you know what we're talking about. All right, right, listening. Let's, you let's know. throw away the sub box. All right, all right. <clears throat> Scene twenty. It's Friday night, date night. Ooh. Ooh. Mike and Carol are in the living room, sitting and drinking coffee. Greg is ready to go and is hurrying Marsha as she comes down the stairs. He says, come on, Marsha. Eddie can't hold the bowling lane all night. Hurry up. Marsha says, I'm coming. (laughs) Sorry. Mike and Carol (laughs) tell the two to have a good night and to have fun. Carol yells out, don't be late. As Mike tells Greg to drive carefully. Marsha and Greg leave. Just then, Jan walks into the living room and stands next to him. Mike asks, I wonder what changed her mind about Dr. Vogel tonight? Carol says, I don't know. And she seemed really looking forward to it. Jan says, I know why Marsha changed her mind about Dr. Vogel tonight. Carol asks why. Jan goes on. Well, she pauses as her parents look at her with anticipation. Jan says, I better not tell you. You're not young enough to know. And then she runs upstairs. Carol sighs and says, oh, teenagers, by the time you understand what they're talking about, they're not teenagers anymore. They both just laugh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, I don't know if you noticed Jan and Carol's pants. I don't know how you could have noticed, not. to be quite honest. Like, there were these horrible flower print. Like, like, if you saw like a couch this color and a used furniture store, you'd make fun of it. Like that's how ugly these pants were. It was horrible. So 
It's awesome. And they were both like <laughs> matching. I was like, what? You're, you're making a joke about not understanding your parents and you're literally wearing the same kind of pants she is. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but what was funny was while I was watching this, my daughter came out to the kitchen, was getting something. And mm. um, <laughs> Carol said that line, you know, the very last line, oh, teenagers, by the time you understand what they're talking about. <laughs> my daughter likes Carol about as much as I do. And she's in the kitchen going, oh, ha, 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 you're funny. And she started yelling at the TV. I'm like, okay, let's go. She ain't talking about you. Jesus. So I thought it was funny. <laughs> Jeez. <sighs> All right. Scene 21. In the backyard, the boys are finally ready to test the go-kart. Mm. I, thought, I thought they were going to forget about the storyline. I was like, where are you the go-kart? Bobby sits inside as the driver while the other two boys do final checks. Meanwhile, Alice has one of the screen doors pulled out and is scrubbing it with a brush and hot soapy water. Greg attempts to start the engine with no luck. Mm. Alice notices this and smiles. Greg says, this thing's never going to work, and then kicks it. The three boys get up and walk closer to the door as Greg says, I've about had it. Bobby asks, where are we going to get a new motor? Peter says, next time I'll handle it. All of a sudden, the motor starts up all by itself and <laughs> yeah, begins to happens. drive by itself right towards Alice while she's still cleaning the screen door. She looks over and sees it coming her way and yells out, hey, uh, guys, guys, stop, stop it. The go-kart races towards her, and the boys see this and run over to help Alice. Alice drops the screen door and runs down the driveway as the go-kart chases after her. The boys chase after the go-kart, all while yelling for it to stop, because it's also voice-activated. Yeah. Apparently, there's Siri on that go-kart. That's cool. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> that was interesting. So. <laughs> that was <laughs> was interesting. That was just I, the whole thing felt so over the top to me. Hmm. Like all the punchlines were really cranked up. Like just calm down. Yeah, I like how you put it. Very uh, say by the belly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> say by the belly. <laughs> say by the belly. <laughs> that's what I do that's when what I lunch tells me. That's what I do when I handle a situation around the house. Say by the belly. <laughs> all right so i got a couple of things to read okay and uh (laughs) that's it really (laughs) normally you're like uh, oh yeah i'm trying to like not do that (laughs) i don't want people to think we don't appreciate the emails (laughs) we definitely do well this is from emmy kate you know oh nice okay cool so she says is it emmy or emma emmy Oh, I'm, I've been saying Emma this whole time. Oops. I'm sorry, Emmy. <laughs> what a jackass. <laughs> no. So I totally screwed up and I should have like put this throughout the episode because she talks about this episode. Oh, shit. But she Just, was supposed to send us audio clips, but okay. she chickened out and didn't do it. Okay. So <clears throat> she actually sent this to me and I actually didn't even read it all because I was like, <laughs> I want you to do these as audio clips because I saw it was comments about the episode. Right. And she goes, uh, okay, I'll see what I can do, but I might be too nervous. I don't know. I don't know. And she just never did. Sorry. Right. Right. Welcome anyway, to a very go. Brady. Oh, <laughs> so we're going to start all over and edit. No, 
<clears throat> so she says, howdy do. So for love and the older man, here are some of my thoughts. Okay. Carol's outfit for this one are epic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Yes. There's one that she wears. It almost looks like it's something from like Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. <laughs> like it's got this white <laughs> shirt with these straps going on the front. It's kind of funny. <laughs> and he goes on. <laughs> the purple skirt and loud blouse, yes. the gold pantsuit. Wow. Why do they go to the dentist so often? <laughs> yeah, no, three times a week or something like that. It's crazy. Like she even says in her daydream thing, like, yeah, that's the third time this month that he's bit me. Like, what the fuck is he doing going three times a month? He must be <laughs> yeah. a shitty dentist. And she says, what's wrong with Marsha's teeth? Right. She says, shame on Carol and Mike for allowing her to get <laughs> gasp cavities. And again, at the end, she says she will be in Thursday for her cleaning. Didn't she just have a clean yeah, right? filling? Yeah. He didn't clean it when she when he did all that shit to her? <laughs> Do they go to the dentist once a week for their weekly toothbrushing? <laughs> <laughs> if Marcia knows the dentist's name is Dr. Vogel, then why does she think that when they get married, her name will be Mrs. Marcia Dentist? Right, right. Or right. dentist, as she pronounces it. This has literally <laughs> bothered true. me since I was a little kid. That's funny. That's a good point. Yeah. Does he think, does she think that Vogel's his first name? Like his name is Vogel Dentist? <laughs> his name is Doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, scene with Jan and Marsha where Jan tells Marsha Dr. Vogel is married is really badly spliced together. It cuts mm. to Marsha in front of a blank wall twice it does, as if yeah. they had, to, had <laughs> I just thought about that yes the edits in the last second and she couldn't get on set to refilm like normal right <laughs> Marsha is wearing the quintessential Marsha Brady outfit as featured in the movies from the 90s mm -hmm. I don't know I don't remember can you imagine if this happened nowadays oh we talked about this <laughs> yeah poor Dr. Vogel will be labeled a sex offender oh yeah of course <laughs> yeah. well the girl would be right, and it would be up to the dentist to prove that she's not. Yeah. And she says, anywho, if I get time, I will make voice notes, but it's hard to get a chance. I'm a nurse, and I have, five, I have a five-year-old and a four-year-old husband child. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets busy around here. And then I said, fucking do the voicemails. I don't care if you're busy. Too damn busy shouldn't be in a nurse's vocabulary. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm nurses kidding. are used to being busy, aren't they? No, I'm, I'm, that's up. I'm just kidding to all you nurses out there. Just it's actually a quote from uh, another movie talking about waitresses. Mm. <laughs> so um, I said, I hope you do get some audio. Make sure you get it by Saturday night. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So cool. Thanks, Emmy. That was awesome. Yeah. And we appreciate, I don't know if we knew before that you were a dentist or a dentist. Wow. That you were a nurse, but, um, but we do appreciate you being on the quote unquote front lines, so to speak. Um, oh yeah. So for we sure. Do thank you for that. Yeah. <clears throat> if we haven't said it already. Um, and I guarantee your husband, like, if he saw this episode, he'd probably be eyeballing that that uh, <laughs> that go kart as well. Be like, that's kind of a cool go kart. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we also have a rate and review to read for Apple Podcasts. Okay. This person has a. Uh, um, done one before, but he kind of added to it or added another one or Does something. Does it notify but, us when somebody adds to it like that? No. Huh. I just check it every once in a while. Wow. It's a good thing you check this one. <laughs> well, this is from Ranin K and K. 
Okay. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know who that could possibly be. I don't know. Somebody I may or may not know. That Maybe it's a friend of Emma related to or me. Emmy. <laughs> anyway, the, the subject is Dearest Tack and Jimmy. Hmm. Okay. Five stars. Nice. It says, <clears throat> I got to do a voice with this one. I hope thine day is going splendidly. I am here to write a response to your show, A Very Brady Podcast. This podcast is wonderful. I have listened to only this for over 600 moons. I highly encourage thy dear reader to listen and hear thine humorous and entertaining podcast. This podcast is wonderful, and I highly encourage thine reader to listen to this wonderfully scripted, and always remember that thine hosts do not separate between races and genders. (laughs) Your dearest listener, Renan von Cycle Jr. the (laughs) second. Well, um, Raynon von Cycle Jr. the second. We well, do no, it's, appreciate it, that. It, it's it's Sir Raynon von Cycle. Oh, it's, well, it's not even Raynon. It's Raynon. Raynon. It's Sir Raynon von Cycle Jr. the second. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, thank you, uh, sir, <laughs> for that <laughs> wonderful rate and review. Well, you have to roll the R's when you say review. That's that's part Rate of the email. and review. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Sir, uh, Sir Renon von Cycle, <laughs> the second junior. You sound like like a 17th century bureaucrat. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> quite. Oh, well, that was fun. That was fun. I can't believe I've been pronouncing Emmy Kate's name wrong this whole time. I can't believe I've been that. Yeah. Weird. Thanks for correcting me. Hmm. Appreciate it. <laughs> I didn't ever notice. <laughs> I mean, I heard it, but then it took so long. It got weird. I was like, oh, You're like, fuck no, it. I'm just it's not like she's going to send an audio. <laughs> right. Not too. No. Um, but um, Sir Raynon Von Cycle, the junior second, is correct. We did have fun here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show, and we are not racist or sexist. No. Not unless you want us to be. Yeah. Oh, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Nobody knows what you're saying. Just go. Okay. <laughs> move on. Move on. <laughs> we would also like to personally thank our producers from Patreon because without you, this would not be possible. And yes, we're talking mm. about Ginny and Jim, the OPs, mm-hmm. the ones that started it all, the ones that got that ball rolling. We appreciate you guys mm-hmm. more than you mm. guys know. And all we appreciate all the Patreons. All right. So we get some homework assignments. The first one is go check out the website at averybradypodcast.com. The second one, just like Sir Raynon Van Cycle did, Von Cycle, uh, do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Castbox. And tell your friends about the show, or if you didn't like it, tell your in-laws, like Jimmy <laughs> says. Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very pretty podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join in the conversations and the fun at a very braided Facebook group. If you would like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a very pretty podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very pretty podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get real time updates. 
Check out their network at theretronetwork.com. Check out the T Public store for merch. Link is in the description of this and every episode. And most importantly, go out there and watch the Brady Bunch. Yes. And Jimmy is going to tell us the next episode to watch. On the next episode, season four, episode 14, Law and Disorder. Bobby does not want to be safety monitor for his class because his classmates now hate him. However, Mm. he soon abuses his power and begins reporting on his family when they break house rules. Mm. Meanwhile, the family salvage an old sailboat. Mm. And that's not a metaphor. It's it's a boat. (laughs) Mike becomes a sailboat captain. He does. Maybe he should bust out that jacket that he wore this time. I know. I should have saved it for that episode. All right. Anyway. (laughs) That's all I got. All right. In that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been the Bear Brady Podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.